Hello and welcome to the very first episode of After the Ending. This is our new podcast all about uh, movies, but specifically about what happens after the end of your favorite movies. Uh, my name is Mike Spring and I'm here with my co-host Phil Edwards. Phil, say hello. Hello. Very well done. <laughs> so I'm clearly going to be the talkative one of the two. Um, no, no, you just took me by surprise. I'm, I'm here. And I'm all ready for it. I'll try not to do that to you too much. Uh, so basically, the premise of the show here is, you know, what happens after the ending of your favorite movies? You know, what happens to that girl who survives the slasher flick? If this was the real world and there's only that one girl left in the summer camp after the massacre, you know, what would happen to her? So the way that got started was I was actually watching Poltergeist, which is the the new version, the 2015 version, and um, we're going to go into some more details about that. It's one of the first films we're going to talk about. But basically, in a nutshell, at the end of the movie, the, the this family who's you know poor and struggling with debt, their their house kind of explodes in this giant you know ball of paranormal energy, and. You know, it was a pretty good movie, but all I could think, you know, as an adult and a grown-up who has a mortgage payment and everything was, boy, your your homeowner's insurance is just not going to cover that. You know, they don't cover, you know, ghostly energy blowing up your house. So, like, now what do you do? And it got me thinking about all these movies where I've I've often wondered, like, well, that's a cool ending and all, but what happens to this person? You know, what what happens to this this character in, in the real world? You know, um, so that that led to this podcast in which we're going to take a movie or two every week, and we're going to kind of give our ideas about what happens to characters uh, after the movie ends. So, um, so that's 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 after the ending. So here's how it's going to work. And don't worry, I'm going to let Phil talk some more in just a minute. Um, but here's how it's going to work. Basically, we're going to look at kind of three. Uh, moments in time after the ending of your film. The first is going to be the day after. So basically what happens directly after the film ends. Uh, Then we have the immediate aftermath, and that's going to be, you know, sort of everything in the next couple of days to maybe like the next month, you know, what sort of is going on right after the film ends. And then we're going to look at the long term, which is basically anything from, you know, two months later to five years later to, to 50 years later, depending on the movie that we're going to talk about. So we're going to start with Poltergeist, since that was the film that uh, inspired this all. And uh, we are talking specifically about the remake, uh, but don't worry if you haven't seen it yet. It's very similar to the original, uh, at least in terms of kind of plot and what, what we're discussing. Um, so so here we go. So here's the synopsis, if you will. Um, basically, you have Eric and Amy Bowen, your typical American couple. They're in debt. They have lots of credit cards. They can barely make ends meet. Uh, They have three kids, Kendra, who's a 16-year-old girl, Griffin, who's a 9-year-old boy, and Madison, who's a 6-year-old girl. Uh, They hear strange noises in their new house. Madison starts talking to the TV. Uh, Eventually, she says, they're here, which, of course, you have to have in a poltergeist film. Uh, Then Kendra gets attacked by corpses. Griffin gets attacked by a tree. And Madison gets pulled into her closet by ghosts and disappears. And and don't forget the doll clown. Oh, yes, of course. The doll doll clown was a very important uh, moment. But, you know, clowns are creepy anyway. So you should have known. Oh, too right. Much. You should have known something bad was going to happen if you had. And, and that was an especially creepy clown. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, so that all happens, and then of course the little girl disappears. So the the parents call in the paranormal research department of their local school, uh, and they bring in Kerrigan Burke, who is this uh, television paranormal investigator, but he actually knows what he's doing. So Kerrigan discovers that the house is built on an old cemetery. Uh, The headstones were moved, but the bodies weren't, and the ghosts are angry. Uh, Kerrigan goes in to save Madison and Griffin because he got sucked in somehow too. And uh, he he gets them out. The house explodes in the aforementioned torrent of paranormal activity, and the family drives away, and the end. 
So now that I've been blabbering on for a few minutes, Phil, yep. why don't you take this first and give us what do you think happened the day after? Well, first up, I'd just like to say that, that for a remake, I really enjoyed the new film. Yes, I did too. Yeah, I wasn't sure how it was going to be, but it was uh, it worked well and had a few good frights. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, okay, straight after. Obviously, they'd be they're trying to get away from the house. They get away from the house, which has gone up in flames. We see at the end of the film that there's uh, the fire brigade of the police, so they'd be looking in to see what was happening. But the family themselves just want to get away, and I doubt they get much sleep, to be honest. So the, the kids are going to be panicked. Although they did all seem to be laughing quite a bit at the end when they drove <laughs> off, which I found a bit odd. Yeah. But, but uh, they just need to find somewhere to stay. So it'd be a hotel. Well, they didn't do it in this new one, but in the old one, push the TV outside because you don't want TVs in a Poltergeist film. That's right, that's right. Uh, and then it'd be just get a good night's sleep if they could. Although, to be honest, it's going to be the parents calming the kids down and then talking about what the hell are they going to do next. Yep, I agree. That's pretty much exactly what I came up with. Um, you know, they, they drive basically through the night, in my opinion. They end up at a hotel, yeah. uh, barely squeak by with their credit card because, as we know, they have no money. Um, and the way I, I think you're right, I don't think anybody sleeps except for Madison. See, yeah. I think Madison, she's going to be the one who's like totally calm about all this because she's a little kid and kids bounce back. You know what I mean? Of course, and she was coping with the things that she saw the other side. So Yeah, you know, the yeah. little kids in the movies who are talking to the ghosts, they're never freaked out by the ghosts. It kind of bothers me a little bit, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. all the paranormal activities movies like all these kids are always talking to these ghosts and these imaginary friends and none of them ever like hey mom yeah <laughs> there's a scary just, dude in my house you know exactly yeah because if you if your kids gets a bit scared you know the lights uh not on or the doors a little bit open or they think there's a monster in the closet yeah you're the first one to know they're screaming and calling out for you but yep exactly yeah. and, you know i mean yeah. i would watch a scooby-doo episode when i was a kid and i'd <laughs> sleep with the lights on you know what i'm saying so oh, much less if there's a yeah Classic. you know yeah um, so yeah, I agree. And then, uh, the only other thing I added is I think they decided to go to Amy's mom's house in Boise because that seems like the kind of place that Amy's mom might live. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you said they'd be driving all night. They could probably, and that's after what they've gone through, they could drive for days and days, to be honest. It's true. It's true. Just getting by until they run out of petrol and see where they end up as yeah. far away as possible. Exactly. All right, good. So what about the immediate aftermath? Uh, the immediate aftermath. Well, for the family themselves, they, they're going to have to find a place to stay. They're going to need money. There's probably going to be going to have to sort out new schools, all the basic day-to-day -day things of life. But then you've also got to explain how you lost lost your house, wh what happened. People are going to think it's there's, there could be fraudulent matters. So how's insurance going to pay for it? It's just going to be days and weeks of wondering what the hell we're going to do next. Yeah, it's a big it's a big mess paperwork-wise yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and then the the lives are just it's a it's, I was going to say hiccup, but it's more than a hiccup. It's more like a huge explosion in their entire life. And you're going to have rumors following them as to what's gone on. So if they're going to have to rent a house, things would come up and and so they'd find trouble getting a place to live. Yep. And it just goes on and on. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny because the, there's a post-credit scene that shows them shopping for new houses. Yes, yeah. Um, and, which is a funny scene, but at the same time, I'm like, well, hold your horses there. <laughs> like, you yeah. are, you're not getting approved for a mortgage. You're probably still paying off your last house. Like, the mortgage company is probably, you know, breaking down your door looking for a payment. But, yeah, um, yeah so, you know, I, I agree. There's a big, a big headache. And, of course, yeah, because Sam Rockwell's character, we'd already seen him use the last of their credit. Yep. Getting all the gadgets. Right, right. Oh, it was a great use of the drone. Uh -huh. I, yeah. I, I like that, using the modern technology in the film to bring it more up to date and flying the drone. 
through the uh, through the portal. Yep. I thought that was a nice touch. I did too. I like that. Um, so here's what I came up with. I, I agree. I'm mostly on the same page with you. I uh, I think they stay at Amy's mom's house for a while because I kind of went in that direction. Um, yeah. And uh, you know their credit is shot. You know the mortgage company is coming after Eric because his name's on the house and they haven't made their payments. You know the phone is always ringing constantly, and I think they start to drive a wedge between Eric and Amy because uh, you know money is a big oh, yeah, a big course, marital yeah. issue. You know um, yeah. I think the kids or having nightmares, especially Griffin, because he was kind of like the big scaredy cat through the whole movie. Like, he was scared of everything. Yeah. So, like, I don't think he's coming out of this unscathed. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But Madison, I think, is fine. Again, she's kind of like, oh, I'm going to go play with my little pony, and I'm going to have a good night's sleep. Well, yeah, but the uh, the thing about Griffin, though, is by the end of the film, he had he had sort of manned up, as it were. Yeah. And he, he had this hero moment. So, he's yeah, he's going to be, he's going to have that, but obviously he's got who he was before then. Right. Is going to have this fighting battle within him. So yeah. it's going to be, yeah, as you say, it could be a, a household full of conflict <laughs> for within sure. and without. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. I No, I, he did have his man-up moment. You're right. I, I definitely see that. But I also think, like, I don't know, I think long-term with a mm. nine-year-old, I think that, you know, the... Uh, you know, the fear is going to start to kind of seep back in again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just yeah. my thoughts. No, I think, yeah, yeah, I could see that. All right, so take us through your long-term. What do you think about that? Uh, well, long-term, well, I was thinking... As well as the family, at the end of it, you had this group of paranormal researchers and investigators because mm-hmm. uh, they went to the university to get them, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they've got, they had something on camera uh, that showed definitive proof of uh, the supernatural, the paranormal, or the afterlife, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. So you've got them. They've got this, this thing which could, if they worked it well, it could either make their career and change our understanding of life as we know it. Right. Or it could just see them... Uh, a laughing stock in their community right of, uh, so you've got that side of things mm-hmm. uh, but then as the with the family you've got the mother uh, who is a writer because didn't Sam Rockwell made the beginning he mentioned she was meant to be writing a book and they're trying to that's why he was working yeah right right so I was I was thinking she could if they were still together or apart either way the mother she could she could write a book about the events of that happened mm-hmm and it could either be a work of fiction or she could do it as this actually happened to us. Right. And then I got thinking, maybe this this did happen back in 1982 and a mother of the house which had similar events wrote a book which then got turned into a film in 2015. <laughs> right. Which brings us full circle. Right, I like that. <laughs> so there we go. I like that. That is, it's boy, it's funny how similar we think alike. Uh, you're going to see that <laughs> when we get into our next film, actually. Uh, we'll talk oh, about awesome. that. Just okay. remember that. But, um, I will do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but very good. Yeah, yeah. I like that yeah. a lot, actually. That's a great idea. Did you have more? I was just about the kids. Oh, go ahead, please. Because which sort of refers back to what you were saying with the uh, the days and weeks after. I was saying uh, the kids could well end up in a mental institute at some point <laughs> in their life. Right, right. And maybe uh, it could, because they've seen, they've seen death. They've seen what happens to people. Yep. And you see enough uh, police procedural things and serial killer TV shows. They were, that's the kind of thing where when they catch the killer, they've gone through some weird traumatic thing in the past right. that they can't explain. Right. So we could have the makings of a serial killer. There you go. See, see <laughs> Griffin could totally be a serial yeah. killer. Yeah. Come on. Go. He fits the profile. Yeah. He's, he's been into the other side. Yeah. And he wants to send other people there. Exactly. I totally buy go. that. Totally buy there, that. Absolutely. There's a, there's a sequel. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right, so um, so go on, what have you got? So mine isn't ter- isn't too, too different. Um, I went in a couple different directions, but uh, I think I think Amy and Eric. Uh, I'm sorry to say this, but they end up divorced. 
Uh, he starts drinking heavily to cope with the uh, the massive debt and the fact that he can't get a job. Uh, she kicks him out. And uh, he ends up homeless and uh, and drunken on the streets, raving and ranting about the ghosts. And nobody, of course, believes him, even though he's telling the truth. Uh, and so, he, you know, he ends up kind of wearing a tinfoil hat, you know, living in an alley somewhere. Uh, sorry, Eric. Nothing personal. Um, you know, I think Amy, uh, I think she goes to work at a school in Boise as like a teacher's aide. You know, she gives yeah. up on the writing yeah. career because she's got to pay for her family. Um, I can see that. I think uh, – so I think Kendra, she becomes a goth. You know, she starts like dyeing her hair black and chain smoking. Oh, and, definitely. Uh, you know, she goes off to college. She gets mostly C's, smokes a lot of pot. She graduates with a philosophy degree. You know, kind of like just becomes like, you know, another yeah. millennial slacker, I guess. Um, now, I think Griffin, what I came up with for Griffin is I think he becomes a shut-in because I, I do – in my version, his that fear kind of overtakes him. He becomes like a shut-in. He doesn't like leave his house or anything. But he's wicked smart and he's good at technology. So he actually – he gets a six-figure job right out of high school ah, okay. uh, because he creates a video game when he's in high school that goes like viral. And so some big like video game company snaps him up and so he, he ends up like coding from home. So he never leaves his house. He's like one of those you know characters in the movies you always see like yeah, with yeah. the 14 you know monitors <laughs> – you know, oh, and, they've got, yeah, they've got the old, they've got all the toys. Yeah, they have, they've yeah, got you no know, life. right, exactly. Doritos bags everywhere, and you know things like that. Um, <laughs> and then Madison turns out fine again. I think she's, yeah, you know, yeah. she's just a normal kid, and uh, you know, she's happy-go-lucky. She goes through school with no problems, and uh, you know, her and the mom are pretty much the only ones who kind of come out, uh, you know, on the positive side of things. So yeah, yeah. Well, Carrigan Burke, he did say though that uh, was it Madison was a possible psychic, so who knows what other events she right. might she might come across. Yeah. For, for all we know, the spirits could follow her. That's true. That's how yeah. it works in the Paranormal yeah. Activities movies, so maybe yeah. they'll do yeah. that. Or maybe she predicts the lottery numbers and wins the lottery and just, you know. And it's, it's uh, happy days for all of them. Buys an island. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> all right, very good. Anything else you want to add about Poltergeist before we move on? Uh, just uh, did Sam Rockwell do a little dance in the film? Because every film I've seen him in, he always does a little dance, but I can't remember him doing it in this one. Gosh, that's a good question. You know, yeah, I, that, which, which bugs me a little bit. Right. I don't remember him doing one, but that doesn't mean he didn't. I'd have to I'll yeah. take a look at it again. We'll see. So if any astute yeah. listeners out there uh, have noticed Sam dancing in Poltergeist, please uh, let us know. I'll tell you how to do that at the end of the episode. All right. Well, that wraps up our take on Poltergeist. Um, our second film today is Castaway, the Tom Hanks classic. And uh, Phil, why don't you go ahead and take point on Castaway? Okay, then we've got Castaway, the 2000 film uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Many of you have already seen it and it stars Tom Hanks, who works for FedEx. And he's, he's the ultimate FedEx guy. He knows how to get the parcel here, there and everywhere. And he's telling everybody and everybody loves him. But he's, uh, he's got to get home and he gets on a FedEx plane, flying along all fine. And then kaboom, he's in the water, makes it to an island, and he's got to survive, and he knows nothing about surviving. Luckily, a lot of uh, packages have been washed up on the shore with him, including a certain volleyball, and he manages to make it through a long, long time on the island. And eventually, having not opened one parcel, he eventually gets rescued after lots of shenanigans involving his teeth, finding water, and getting awfully sunburnt, and he makes it home, and then delivers the package so, Mike, yes. what did you have happening 
straight after the end of the film? Well, um, you know, the very last scene, you know, he delivers his package and then he sort of drives away. Um, you know, I think, um, honestly, uh, the, the, in the next day, what happens is he basically probably sits around his hotel room a lot. I know that's not the most exciting thing, but <laughs> here's the thing. He's legally dead. You know, he's been gone for four years, so his house is gone. He probably doesn't have any, like, anywhere to stay. You know, FedEx has probably been nice and put him up, you know, somewhere. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, he probably went on his little day trip to deliver this package, but really, you know, what else is he going to do? You know, he's he's probably eaten some good meals by now. So, um, so I, I see it as FedEx then invites him to the headquarters to meet with the president of FedEx. They're going to have a little powwow, but that trip isn't for a few days. So, so Hank's probably or Jack. I'm sorry, his name, character's name is Jack. Uh, sits around the hotel room, orders some fast food, you know, some takeout or you know room delivery, um, and watches some Oprah maybe, or you know, sees what's been going on in the world for the last you know four years. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, four, yeah, it's about four, four and a bit years, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, he's going to have lots of meetings. Sorting out his life, getting it back on track, getting coming back to life basically. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have all sorts of medical exams. He's probably gonna have trouble eating, to be honest. It's uh, his first few meals are gonna be so rich compared to what he's been used to. Right, right. He's just gonna be he's gonna be wanting to eat everything yep. but not being able to. Probably gonna throw up a few times, I bet. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's and there's gonna be so much so many tears, there'll be sleepless nights because he'd still be waking up thinking he's on the island. Right. And yeah, it's just gonna be a lot of legal messing around, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not the most exciting aftermath, but it's <laughs> the most realistic one. Absolutely. So, and uh, okay, next up after that, what about uh, days and weeks later? All right. So for my immediate aftermath, I think that uh, uh, I think Jack goes to FedEx. Uh, you know, it's like the headquarters. You know, he gets you know invited there to meet the president. He meets with the president. He's treated a bit like a celebrity. You know, all the all the FedEx people want to meet him. You know, he tells his story over and over again. You know, every time he goes into a new room, meets a new vice president or something like that, he's got to sort of tell his story again. Um, and so the the president of FedEx, who's kind of been you know hanging out with him all day, suggests to Jack that he goes on like a like a lecture tour, like a speaking tour. You know what I mean? Because because yeah. you know what's it's a what kind of profession is he going to have after being on an island for four years? He doesn't know FedEx stuff anymore. I mean, he's not up to date. So he sort of suggests, hey, why don't you maybe uh, go out on like a speaking tour? Uh, he hooks Jack up with the kind of one of the FedEx PR people, um, and so Jack then launches this lecture tour of the U.S. and uh, and things start rolling from there. Sure, sure. Yeah, there'd be lots of uh, TV appearances, wouldn't there? Yeah, on the yeah. different chat shows. Yep. Uh, but it could also drive him the other way because he's been by by himself for so long. He might not be able to cope with the crowds. Mm, right. uh, being in front of an audience could really upset him. Mm-hmm. Although he was, he came across as a bit of a natural showman when he was by himself. And right. uh, I also wonder whether the people of uh, Wilson Volleyballs whether they uh, would want him on as a sponsor. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, although that's you're dealing with like a traumatic mental almost psychosis with that. So I'm not sure whether you want to. Keep uh, right. Keep him doing that. Right. Uh, but there's the other thing as well. He, he could also go go back and talk to the woman, uh, the artist with the angel wings. Right. And just uh, I could see him maybe just talk, if he, if he'd gone back down there to talk to her, he, he could end up just uh, spilling his heart out to her. You know, saying what what he'd gone through, just unloading everything right. out out of his head that he's uh, he's gone through over the past four years. Or either hair or a therapist, one or the other. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely some therapy in his future, I think. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. So after that, we've got uh, what you see happening to him months or years after. 
All right, so After the um, events on the island. So this is where uh, your your prescient knowledge of your uh, you know uh, poltergeist kind of version comes into play. So okay, yeah. Um, so I think Jack's tour is a big success, and uh, eventually he writes a book, and it's called Castaway, uh, an Island of Volleyball and Me, <laughs> and it goes on to become a big seller, uh, a big bestseller. Um, and then, of course, since it's a bestseller, they adapt it into a movie, <laughs> and it stars Tom Hanks, and it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, and it goes on to get nominated for a bunch of Oscars. <laughs> Um, so as you can see, we had uh, very similar thoughts there. Um, and then – so after that movie comes and goes, I think Jack becomes a, a true life adventure author. Ah. Uh, similar to like John Krakauer, you know, how after he did it yeah, into yeah. thin air, now he sort of writes all these kind of like true life disasters and things like that. So I think that um, – that's sort of what Jack does because I don't think he wants to go back to working for FedEx. I don't think you can do that after you go through something like that. No, no, um, no. So I think he, you know, he he becomes a, a very successful author. He lives a comfortable life. Eventually, he settles down and gets married. But he always carries a torch for uh, Helen Hunt's character Kelly because you know he was in love with her. They were at the end of the movie. Yeah. They sort of profess their love for each other, but she has this other life. So he sort of has a soft spot. But he's you know he's happily married. So this is a one of those movies where unlike uh, Eric, who I made you know homeless and yeah, ranting yeah. and. <laughs> this one's a nice ending. Right, Tom Hanks gets yeah. a happy ending. <laughs> well, I had I didn't have anything as, as detailed as that, but I like I do like him ending up becoming a successful author. Mm-hmm. I could see that that's a good that's a good ending for the guy. Yep. I had he would either end up living alone, uh, like in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, uh-huh. just because because he's just after after that experience, it's uh, it had just gone the other way. He just couldn't cope being around everyone. He just wanted to be by himself. Right. Or on the other on the other scale, he just. He just wants to be around people all, all the time. Yeah, it just it would all depend how his mind f- reset itself after getting back from there. But oh, I did have another bad outcome. Oh yeah, don't know why uh, these bring up the worst to me. But <laughs> that's all right. And it, again, it's it's similar to the uh, oh, what was the kid in Poltergeist called? Yeah, Griffin. Griffin. It's similar to what happened to Griffin. <laughs> uh, he's been by himself for so long. He started talking to somebody who wasn't there. Right. Uh, and. Again, it's a serial killer thing. Oh, oh God, yeah. I can see this being a run of the theme. <laughs> but I even thought about he'd end up getting people, cutting off their heads and putting Wilsons <laughs> on top of them <laughs> just because they were the only – he was always trying to get Wilson back again. That's awesome. I think and I – It went a bit too dark for me. No, I love it. I like your, yeah. I like your ending way better than mine. Yeah, <laughs> so I've, I've so taken a, a film like Castaway. <laughs> it's the making – it's making of a murderer. There we go. Oh, there you go. Netflix, yeah. Netflix series. That's fantastic. The making of fictitious murderers. Yeah, he's the he's the the Wilson killer. Oh, I love yeah. I love that. That's that's so much better than my ending. <laughs> oh, that's I'm good. Sorry, so All right, well, so here's what we'll do. If if we get into episode four or five, and you're still turning everyone into serial killers, we'll have to have yeah, a talk. Uh, I think I need help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, well, there you have it. So uh, so those are our takes on um, on Poltergeist and Castaway. Uh, if you have an alternate take or you think the movie's ended differently, you can let us know your thoughts. Uh, we have a Facebook page set up now, which is facebook.com slash after the ending podcast. Uh, so you can hop on there. You can like us. You can uh, leave us what you think, uh, how you think Poltergeist and Castaway would have would have, uh, you know, ended after the ending. Uh, and you can also leave us suggestions for uh, future movies that you might like to hear us talk about. Um, you know what happened after the ending. Uh, I will say a couple of kind of uh, guidelines there. We're going to try not to tackle movies that have sequels, um, and we're going to try not to tackle movies that take place uh, based on events in real life for obvious reasons. I think. And does that that also includes films 
that are based on books and the books have sequels. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Things exactly. Like right. So, um, so there you go. So let us know what you think and uh, send in your suggestions. Uh, Phil, any other uh, movie type stuff you want to talk about before we sign off? Well, the b- big thing that happened over the weekend here in the UK mm-hmm. is uh, there was the British Academy Film Awards. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, it happened last night, the BAFTAs, mm-hmm. where The Revenant was named Best Film. Right. It also had Best Director, and Leonardo DiCaprio got an award for Leading Actor. So what do you reckon? Do you think he's going to win the Best Actor Oscar? You know, I, I do, actually. I, I think this is kind of his year yeah. uh, to win it. You know, I think it's sort of a combination of having not won it enough times, like Martin Scorsese, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but unlike The Departed, which is a movie I am not a fan of, um, I think that, you know, The Revenant is a movie that people really like, critics really like, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think his fellow actors really like it. Um, he's won all the other acting awards so far. I, I think, honestly, at this point, it's kind of... It does seem like a shoo-in, doesn't it? Yeah, he, as, as much as you get with the Oscars, I think he is, he is a, you know, a shoo-in. So, yeah, so my, 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 my guess is that, yes, he's going to take home. I think in fact, I think the Revenant's going to kind of clean up a little bit, like like it did yeah. at the Baftas. Yeah, because it does. It, it looks stunning. Yeah, and it's my one thing about it was it's just the story was they stretched a, a small story out to to a big film, right? But it's I think the cinematography though just carries it through. Yeah, and uh, and Leonardo Leonardo's performance. Well, everybody was in it. I thought was was brilliant. Right, right. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it could be well clean up, as you say. Yeah, I mean, maybe it won't take Best Picture. I mean, that certainly, you know, you make a good point there. It might, it might lose for that, but I, I think at the yeah. least, um, Leonardo, and I think Inuritu, I think is how you say it, is uh, I think he might also get direction too, just because of the way he shot it with the natural light. Yeah, because it, it it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, but didn't he he didn't he win last year for Birdman? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah so that was, that was another a brilliant looking film, right? Just, Bit different, wasn't it? Yes, yes. So he, maybe the maybe they won't give it to him two years in a row. You know, they don't really do that as much with the Oscars. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. it'll be interesting. But yeah. I do think the one thing we can count on is is Leo finally getting his like finally getting his Oscar. Yeah, be nice. Yeah, yeah, it would. He deserves it. And if he doesn't get it, we're going to get some some really good. Uh gifs yeah <laughs> yes of, uh, of him just sitting there smiling absolutely we'll get <laughs> a ton of memes will be hitting the internet uh, <laughs> that'll be <laughs> after after the oscars for sure also with the baftas leading actress was brie larson for room mm-hmm. um best supporting actress was kate winslet and steve jobs so all in all it's uh it's pretty much shaping up it possibly all be the same at the oscars it, yeah it could be I, you I know i so. i honestly i i love steve jobs i thought it was fan, i thought it was brilliant and i thought that yeah. kate winslet was amazing um and just you know her and it's a kind of a little thing but her accent was yeah. so authentic you almost didn't even okay, it, yeah, even yeah. notice it do you know what i mean like because it wasn't this sort of stereotypical heavy kind of polish you know slavic european accent she just had like this hint of an accent i think that's so much harder to do yeah than like a caricature accent and i was just i was so impressed by that you know but i mean she's just you're right because it is, it is easy to turn it into just a yeah, but, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, Steve Jobs, thing, we yeah. go make computers yeah. now, right? Yeah, it's strong like yeah. bull. Like, that's so... Just a g- generic Eastern yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, you know, so the way she did it was, I just, you know, amazing. I mean, I just think she's, she's you know, she's something else, so... Oh, most definitely, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so well-deserved. I mean, it sounds like, you know, I, I did read up on the Baptist and who won and, and stuff, and it seemed like they uh, they got some things right, you know? So we'll, oh, s- that, yeah. we'll see if the Oscars can do the same. <laughs> yeah, can't wait for it to be good. What about you, Mike? Have you uh, seen anything... Happening in the film world? Uh, well, two things I want to mention. The first is I just watched um, Spotlight, which also got nominated for six Academy Awards. Um, it's the, oh, the yeah, film yeah. about the um, the Catholic diocese kind of covering up the uh, priest child abuse scandal. 
Um, it's, uh, you know, a heavy subject matter, but it's not a heavy film. It's a serious film, but it's not, you know, bleak and depressing. But it is fantastic, yeah. I will say. Yeah, they walk a fine line, but they, they get it just right. I agree. And, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for a journalism movie. Uh, there's very few journalism movies that I don't like. It's a, it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, you, you put a, a bunch of reporters in a film, and I'm generally pretty interested. But I do recommend people check that out. It is out on home video um, now. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was, uh, obviously, Deadpool made a bazillion dollars uh, over its opening yeah. weekend. Um, and, that was the other thing on my list. Oh, there you go. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal that from you. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm more than happy to talk about it. Um, did you Did you see it? Yeah, I went to see it last week. It came out here on last Wednesday. And what'd you think? I I thought it was a great a great movie, a great comic book movie. But I also thought it was the best adaptation of a comic book character mm, that's right. been so far. It wasn't the best comic book movie, right? But it was uh, the best adaptation of a character because I think they got Deadpool spot on. Right, and he is such a uh, he's such a well defined character in the comics that to get yeah. him wrong, I think is is you'd feel it very quickly. Yeah. Well, we, we saw they did they did get it. Oh, right. With, uh, That's the right. Wolverine film. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it's uh, I'm, I'm glad that was referenced in the. Have you seen the film? I, you it? know what? I haven't actually uh, gotten a chance to see it yet. Um, my my wife has been sick, so we've been I've been home uh, helping with the kids. But I'm going I'm going actually um, probably tomorrow or the day after. So so next episode I can have some thoughts. But I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's really really wrong, <laughs> all, all, all the right ways. Good. So. And it's uh, it's great to see Ryan Reynolds in a role which was uh, pretty much made for him. Right. To be honest, he, he he sums up the character. That's great. And it's uh, it doesn't matter. There's there's the other actors. Well, they, the other characters are, such as the bad guys aren't that well defined. Right. But it doesn't matter because it's all about Deadpool. Yeah, that's kind of. I think that's pretty yeah. fitting. You know, you you really need yeah. to like. You know, he's a character that needs to have the most screen time in his own movie. You know. Exactly. Um, but uh, and I do. I you know I've liked Ryan Reynolds for for years and years. I've always enjoyed him. I think he's underrated. I think he can be a very good actor. Um, but I don't think he gets a chance to show it very often. Um, not that Definitely. I think that this is you know the, his Oscar moment or anything. But no, no, of course, uh, it is good to see him do something that's that's successful. You know, what's good as well is he's, he's he's done such a wide range of stuff. I know he does all the romantic comedies. But, yeah, and he's done a few other comic book characters. A dreadful Green Lantern. Yes, but uh, but he's done. He did the was it the what was the one with Helen Mirren from last year? The Woman in oh, Gold. Oh, yeah, The Woman in Gold. Yeah, he was very good yeah. in that. Well, that's a big serious film yep. about serious matters. And it's, uh, yeah. hopefully, he can uh, he'll go on for bigger and better things. But if he just keeps making Deadpool movies, I'll be more than happy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's funny because that reminded me, um, what, you know, I've, uh, I've been seeing all these stories about, you know, people referencing kids sneaking into the movies to see Deadpool because it's rated R, obviously, and teenagers yeah, don't want to yeah. see it. And it reminded me of a story that um, when I was about 15, uh, I wanted to go see an R-rated movie. Uh, and I snuck into many R-rated movies in my day. <laughs> and um, one of the ones I wanted to see when I was 15 was a movie called Stone Cold with uh, Brian Bosworth. It was an action film. I don't know if, if it even – Oh, crikey, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, okay. oh, and, I, remember um, that. I remember seeing that on the trailers. It was always on the trailers yeah, on the videos. Yeah, it was yeah. like this big biker action movie. You know, I mean, I was 15, so what can I say? It had explosions. I was interested. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so me and my buddy went to go and sneak in, and um, the only showing of another film that was remotely close to it that was, you know, both appropriately rated for us and a close enough time to kind of make it work was... Uh, go on, what was it? What was it? It was Defending Your Life by Albert Brooks, actually. Have you seen that? Oh, the one in heaven Yes, thing. yes. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so we bought tickets for that and then we snuck into Stone Cold. But the problem was it was like a Wednesday afternoon at like five o'clock. The, the movie theater was like a ghost town. Oh, and no. it was like a six screen theater, not like a multiplex, you know, like, like they are now. 
know. And so we got busted by the usher in about three seconds flat. Uh, so he escorted us back over to the Defending Your Life Theater. Now I'm 15 years old. I never even heard of Albert Brooks at this point. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm all mad sitting there watching this movie and you know, it's, it starts off in heaven and there's Meryl Streep. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? And then of course I ended up <laughs> completely loving it. It's still one of my favorite yeah. movies um, and it, it's, it turned me into an Albert Brooks fan. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great film and it's uh... – Albert Brooks is great. Yeah, yeah, he is. I love him, and you know, and, and I, I, he was great in Drive. Yeah, oh yeah, he was absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and Mother is another film of his that I'm a huge fan of, uh, with Debbie Reynolds. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah, I know one. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's that's another cracking one. Yep. So um, and then uh, I'll find a name as well. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's fantastic <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, I just I, that that reminds me of that. That it was the one movie of all the movies I, I snuck into Basic Instinct and all these other like hard <laughs> R movies, but Stone Cold is the one movie. And as a result, I actually didn't see Stone Cold for about 20 years uh, oh, I, uh, until it came out on DVD a couple of years ago and then I watched it and of course it's terrible I mean it's absolutely oh, yeah. it's horrid you know it's just I mean I, part of it's the age and part of it's it just wasn't very good but so yeah, I always yeah. think back and I think like man I'm so glad I got busted for Stone Cold of all movies because you know yeah. I ended up becoming a you know an Albert Brooks fan because of it so anyway that's my that's my uh, story that Deadpool that's a great way to come of. across somebody new yeah yeah so you know I, I if the kids out there listening want to sneak into Deadpool you know um, just be smarter than I was. <laughs> don't go <laughs> when it's empty, and uh, you know, buy your tickets for something interesting, just in case you don't you don't make it to the Deadpool screening. I also wonder though, after Valentine's Day, I wonder how many relationships were broken up uh, <laughs> by, by people being tricked into going to see Deadpool, right? As a romantic comedy. Well, you know, they did do a, a brilliant job. You know, marketing it with that. Oh, it was it was it was superb marketing. Yes. All, all the trailers. Yeah, just on the ad on the posters. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, they did. Um, they had some of those like posters that made it like a romantic comedy. You know. Yeah. Uh, or like a like a romantic drama. I'm sure that some people tricked their significant others into going to see that. Oh, it's got to have worked. I think between that and The Walking Dead premiering last night, there are probably a lot of ruined Valentine's Days this year. Oh yeah, of course that started again. Yeah. 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 yeah so I think uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> didn't have the Valentine's Day they were hoping for this year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, come on, love. We'll go on the pictures, and then we're going to watch TV <laughs> yeah. when we get back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, maybe not the romantic day that some some people were hoping for, but oh, you know, excellent. you never know. Uh, all right. Well, I think um, anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap it up? Uh, oh, just the as it's a comic book thing. Uh, Daredevil, the new trailer for season two. Yes. Have you, did you see that? Yes, I did. Oh, it looks so good. Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm very excited um, for that. And it's because it ties in with comic books and The Walking Dead because it's John Bernthal yep. is Frank Castle. Yep. So we're going to see the Punisher make it into the the Marvel cinematic movie TV verse proper. So it's it's I can't wait for that. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to do the Punisher like yeah. no holds barred, yeah. which is Pro- pretty exciting. Punisher and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, and John Bernthal is such an intense actor too. Like, I think he can really, really take that part, you know, to another another level. Oh, most definitely. I actually interviewed him um, a long time ago, oh, before wow. Walking Dead, even. Um, and the only thing I knew him from was this short-lived sitcom called The Class, um, which uh, also starred uh, Jason Ritter, um, oh. Lizzie Borden. No, Lizzie Lizzie Kaplan, who went on to to be obviously on. Um, oh yeah, yeah, she was in uh, Masters yeah, of Sex. Yeah. She's and Cloverfield yeah. from Modern Family. Jesse Tyler Ferguson. He's one. He plays. Um, he plays Mitchell on Modern Family. Or, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the redhead with the beard. He was in that show. Um, one of the guys who went on to be on Once Upon a Time was on that show. It was sort of like this breeding ground for all these people who went on to do bigger and better things. I find I find when you're watching all these TV shows on Netflix, you start seeing you're seeing all the same actors, don't you? They start branching out and yep. crossing over and familiar faces popping up all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating to see who was in what yeah, you know, before yeah. they, uh, they did stuff. But uh, he was a really nice guy when I talked to him, actually. He couldn't have been nicer, so. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so I think that's everything we wanted to cover today. Um, we are going to be back uh, soon, hopefully in another week or two, with another episode and some more movies. We haven't decided on them yet. Um, but uh, like I said, if you have suggestions, please visit our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash after the ending podcast. Uh, and of course, Phil, we'd like to pimp ourselves out a little bit here too. Of so um, why don't you tell uh, tell people well quickly a little bit about who you are and, and what your website is and, and whatever other you know, social media stuff you want them to visit. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, liverfilms.com. You can find lots of movie news, trailers, posters, interviews, fun things, cool art, cool short films, and the like there. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and all the other usual social media. There you go. And I will, um, if I can figure out how, because posting podcasts is still something new to me. Uh, making them, I'm an old hat at, but po- po- posting them is new. Yeah. Uh, I will try and put links up for all of our uh, social media and websites for, for you guys if you want to check out any of those. Uh, as for me, I am the editor-in-chief of IWantMy2Dollars.com, which is nowhere near the number one uh, pop culture website in America. Um, but we're uh, we're well-loved anyway. You can uh, visit our website. It's, it's IWantMy2Dollars, all spelled out, .com. And um, you can also follow me on on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Mike Spring official. Uh, I'm also an author and I'm currently uh, writing a couple of series of books, the uh, Vamps in Vegas series and the Earth Jumper series. So you can learn more about those on my Facebook page as well. And I've read the, the Vamps in Vegas short one story you did. Oh, good. Yeah, and it was very good. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I like that. That, that wasn't even a rehearsed plug. No, I know. You can hear the surprise. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Genuine enthusiasm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, that wraps up the first episode of After the Ending. Uh, we hope you guys all enjoyed it, and we look forward to bringing you more um, serial killers, perhaps, as, <laughs> as Phil has his way. Oh, please uh, no. And, uh, what have I started? <laughs> uh, more, more irreverent endings to your favorite movies, and uh, we'll see you again real soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, and come back again. And um, the way this got started was I was watching uh, Poltergeist, the new, um, the 2015 version of it. And uh, we're going to go into some more details on that. It's one of our first episodes, but, well, no, not one of our first episodes because it's the first, first episode, yeah. right? <laughs> I'll do that again. How's that sound, Phil? That all, that all sounds excellent. Um, I was felt like I was listening to a podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> so I was getting really into it. Well, theoretically you are, so that's, yes, a, yes, that's, that's a good right. sign. Yeah. All right. A little synopsis of the film, and then uh, we'll share our endings. All right? I don't know why I'm saying all right as if people are going to be able to say, all right, yeah. People are nodding and going, not right on. I like this. (laughs) I mean, they they could do that, but I'm guessing they probably won't. Uh, Anything else you want to add about... Yes. Luckily, he gets a few parcels, including a certain basketball. Volleyball, actually. Oh, a volleyball, of course it is. (laughs) Uh, one best director for Ali Ali. Oh no, I can't <laughs> pronounce that. Yeah, we look forward to. Uh, I don't know what we look forward to. <laughs> yeah, we need an ending. What do we need an ending? <laughs> <laughs>